Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask, where everyone has something they can teach you. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. Our next guest is Morgana Ray, who is a 20-time international number one bestseller, author, and mentor coach. Morgana is known as one of the world's top authorities on relationship with money. Her groundbreaking approach to love-centered wealth building has featured her on The Wall Street Journal, Yahoo Finance, all the major television networks, coast-to-coast radio, and hundreds more. Morgana's fans call her the money goddess because of the many documented stories of clients manifesting unexpected income of hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even over a million dollars within hours of changing their relationship with money. A pioneer in personal development for over 27 years, Morgana writes, speaks, and coaches from a desire to empower idealistic entrepreneurs, artists, healers, and humanitarians to have a big impact in the world and to heal the rift between heart, spirit, and money. Morgana, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm really, really happy to be here. Now, you know, I was looking at a lot of your stuff, and even before I saw that you were the the money goddess, I had that sense. I actually said to the producer, she sort of got that goddess spirit going on. So uh, um, how did all that happen? Where did this start? Like, did you, when you were seven, did you have this vision? And voila. No, when I was seven, I wanted to be the first president of the United States. <laughs> I'm really glad I got over that desire. Um, no, this was never on my radar. I'm more of the kind of person who just likes to dig into what is our relationship with life. I ran away from Los Angeles to a little East Coast college uh, to study esoteric religious traditions. I got a Smith College degree in religion. My father was so freaked out. (laughs) And so that my work has ended up orienting around money was never intentional. It really honestly came out of my own spectacular failure and applying everything. Everybody was teaching, whether it was metaphysical or practical, I'm a good student I do what I'm told, I apply it, I excel, and it wasn't working. And this is not a reflection on anybody else's stuff, but it didn't matter whether I had vision boards and mantras and and visualizations and a whole host of Southern California healers doing their stuff on me. And at the same time, really, really getting good at marketing and having the website and the tagline and the business cards and the brochures and a heap of actor, writer, director, producer clients getting amazing results, getting TV series, getting awards, selling their films, like mountains of testimonials. And I was living in Los Angeles in the early 2000s, making $100 a month, Wow, which is impossible. (laughs) So I felt like I had money repelling superpowers and in a way I did. And it, but it didn't make sense. Like every teacher and adult that told me growing up, if you get good grades, you'll do well. And I got good grades and I was not 
and I was just deficit spending and I would just take another class and get another certification and hire another coach. So not only was I not making money, but I was make, I was investing, Mm -hmm. trying to fix myself and doing what I was told. And it wasn't making sense. Nobody could figure out what was wrong. And, and it was, it was devastating. So I'm really for anybody out there. And I'm really, really speaking to any of you who have been doing everything you're supposed to be doing and you've been applying yourself and, and your results are not matching your effort and they aren't what they're supposed to be. Then you're the person I'm speaking to because in my experience, you know, first I grew up in a house of attorneys and scientists. So I always thought that life was kind of like this Newtonian equation where you do X plus Y and you get equal and it equals Z. And that's true in school. It is not true in life. Hmm. (laughs) So it's in my experience when you're doing all the right stuff and you aren't getting the results because not only have I had my own transformation, I've made millions of dollars since that low point, but I've coached thousands and thousands of clients. And what I've observed is the likelihood is astronomically high that on some unconscious level, you are protecting yourself from what you are pursuing. And in a battle between the conscious mind and the unconscious, the unconscious will always win win because it's 24 seven. It never has to rest. It exists to protect you. So you're not a failure. You're actually really, really successful at protecting yourself, but you're protecting yourself from what you want to need. So what we need to do is find out why, what's the root cause? What are you really protecting yourself from that you probably are not consciously aware of so that we can make what you want safe and that's when things shift and they can shift really fast. So these, you know, you were describing and I have it all documented and posted online, not all of it, everyone that, that permitted me to you or not even all of that, everyone who permitted me to, that I got around to posting, right. you know, it's all online. Uh, things can change really, really quickly. When you make it safe, I like to say change happens at the speed of safety. So if you were to imagine that like money wanted to be in your life and you've been putting up doors and obstacles, and in my case, moats and dragons, when you remove the obstacle, suddenly all these opportunities that were there that you couldn't see or that you were unconsciously pushing away become available to you very quickly. And how does somebody that's out there listening right now, right? Consciously says, I hear you. Totally makes sense. Right. But unconsciously they're saying, yeah, I'm the exception to the rule. My life is so debilitating. Um, I'm not sure why I keep going. Um, I really, even in spite of my knowing that it will never happen for me, I'm going to keep trying for it. How do we, how do we unconsciousness come up to the surface? Let's talk, let's share, and let's thank you and move you on. That is a beautiful question. Thank you so much. So Mm -hmm. here's the big secret is if you have that belief, and I think we all do that, yeah, it worked for them, but it won't 
work for me, you mm-hmm. want to use it. It's going to become very, very useful. If you are in that really dark, despairing, hopeless place, and I know exactly what that is because I've been there, that gives you a huge advantage. This is not a good process for the person who calls me up and says, eh, I have an okay relationship with money. I just want to make more. That is to me really, really heavy lifting. But if the pain is near the surface, Mm -hmm. it's like it wants to shift. So Mm -hmm. the person who is in the darkest place, congratulations. You, you are in the best position for transformation and really quick side story. Uh, because I do take this really seriously and I do take your pain and I know the danger of being in that state. Uh, I was speaking at the Sun Valley Wellness Festival back in 2016 in Sun Valley, Idaho. And there was a woman in the audience who came up to me after I gave my talk and she admitted to me that she was suicidal. Mm -hmm. And since I have had that experience in my life and I know what it's like and I know how dangerous it is. I just said to her exactly what I would have needed to hear, which is that your only job right now is to stay alive long enough for it to get better because it will get better. But your job is just to stay alive. And I didn't try to sell her anything or, you Mm -hmm. know, just, I just wanted her to be safe. And she did end up purchasing my Money Goddess Experience program that I was offering at that event. And I had thrown in a bonus quick start call. So I got to check in with her and find out how she was doing. So here's the interesting thing. The first week that she did the process, she received, and I may not get the numbers exactly right. I've got it on video recorded somewhere. She made, I think, like, $20,000 out of the blue that she wasn't expecting, like something she had done years ago that never amounted to something suddenly amounted to a bunch of money. And then she did the process again and had a bigger amount of money. I think it was 50,000. And then we had the quick start call and I could hear into, you know, just, I was digging to see if there was like anything else there. And there, there was family cultural history of, really, really deep trauma that I suggested, well, you might be able to create an even bigger money monster using this. And a few hours later, she got a phone call that her house, which had been for sale on the market for years without any nibbles, nobody had even looked at it in a year. She got a call. Somebody wanted to look at the house and it sold for, I think, $1.2 million by the end of the weekend. We had a call on Friday by Sunday. And I've seen her since, and she has said that money has never been an issue for her since. And we wow. actually work together again to work on love because money and love issues are always really, really closely related. Yes. Uh, so here's why you're at an advantage. Because change needs to be motivated. Yeah. It ne- you need a really, really good reason because your whole body, our whole system is set up for what we know to stay safe and stay in the same place. So you need a really good reason. And it can't be an intellectual exercise. It has to be a full body, full emotional, whole self experience. I know a lot of people love to say money, what, what millionaire mindset. Great, great. If that works for you, do whatever works always. 
didn't work for me. I have opinions about mindset that if mindset worked, nobody in America would ever need to go on a diet again. Right. I think it's deeper. It's in our body. I like, I like the notion of a millionaire heart set because the mind will always follow the heart. And even deeper, we follow the appetite. So what we want to do is uncover what makes money scary, dangerous, and repulsive. Yeah. Well, no, I just want to say, I mean, I think the piece about, and I, and we don't really change until we're uncomfortable, right? We have to have the pain point to say, I think I want to move over here because this is, I can't tolerate it anymore. As long as I can tolerate it, eh, it's a known entity. I can just learn to live with it. And so we're, we're forced. We're forced. And I have, by the way, a little secret trick for that, uh, especially for any parents who are in the audience. We human beings, we can put up with a lot for a long time, but when we can see that this is going to, we're going to pass this on to our kids, whoa, do we rise to the challenge? That's not acceptable. So that's, you know, just imagine all of your suffering, your kids are in danger and we pass it on to them. That will really, I've noticed that will really motivate people into action. So here's another really big secret. This is because I've been doing, I've been doing this for decades and I've learned new things from every client. I had my own transformation then I had to reverse engineer it for other people. And there were some things that I learned along the way. One of the big things that might surprise you because it's counterintuitive is that the solution to your money problems is never about money. So the, the, the pain the root cause is not actually ever about money. It is what money represents. Money is just this arbitrary, made-up, fantasy imagination thing that human beings invented, that, that one purse is worth $5 and another purse is worth $5,000, but they're just bags, right? Yeah. So we don't freak out and get totally different emotional states about money because of money. We get that way because of money represents what money represents and what it represents is love, our lovability. Going back to childhood, our first experience of money in air quotes is our parents. And what did they teach us about how lovable, how worthy we are, how safe we are or not. And if we had great parents, yay, we picked up messages elsewhere that right. at anything that ever made you feel not good enough, not safe, ashamed, not loved, romantic failures, great. Eating disorders, great. No, not great, but useful here. Accidents, something that maybe you did 20 years ago that you still kind of cringe. All of that is, that's what we're looking for. Everything that has to do with worth, love, and safety, and your very right to exist, because that's what money represents. But when we get into those, that deeper stuff, it becomes less abstract and it just, it lights up our neurology. We just feel it all through and through. And that's when we get, as you said, Bob, really uncomfortable. And for all of my law of attraction friends, just, I love you. And we're going to take off your law of attraction hat just for a few minutes And what I really invite you to do is put on your victim hat, the one that you're afraid of, that you're not allowed, that you've never been allowed to wear, and just dive into that and then expand it to like anything in the world that 
is wrong to you. And we are like just building a court case against existence because any negative stuff that you have going on with money, whether you have very little or you have a lot and you have a lot of drama and you have a lot of anxiety about losing it or people coming after it because I have coached billionaires with money issues. So you just, you're building your case against existence because money at the biggest level is a mirror of our experience of life and a mirror of our relationship with life. But we're going to call it money because that's the area that we want to shift today. So when you get your critical mass of, ick, I don't want this anymore. Then we do something really wild. And we imagine that there's an actual person who is responsible for all of it, who has singled you out of all people to pretty much torture and crush down and make feel terrible and not good enough, and everybody else in the world can have it, but you're just like standing there at the window looking at the banquet from the cold outside, and you can't have what you want. And it's all because this person gets off on your misery. And we imagine that we call it the money monster. And the more human it feels, looks, smells, exp- the exp- sounds, the experience of the more real, the more horrible it feels, the better, because that's how you're going to get the results you want. First, by going like a slingshot way into the direction of what you don't want creates mm-hmm. the tension to catapult you where you want in a way where you get to stick where you want better than you ever imagined. So the person with the biggest, baddest money monster wins. Go out there, victim the heck out of it, out of yourself, blame it all on the monster, not on you. Quick side note, and not on your parents. And that will become really, that'll make sense in step number three. If you had horrible, monstrous parents, because some of us really, really have, then it's useful to imagine that this monster used your parents or anybody who abused you in any way just to get to you, sort of like a puppet master. And when it feels real and totally loathsome, totally repulsive, you don't want any good stuff in there, that's just a scam to, you know, for the monster to stay. We want change. We don't want to hold on to this. This is everything that you don't want in your life, and it shows up in your money relationship. Step number three is you annihilate it by any means you can imagine. It's imaginary. I find that the more dramatically violent, the better. I didn't start that way. I just (laughs) noticed who was getting the big results. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to my pacifist, nonviolent vegan friends, Hey there, I'm with you. Imagine for the women that you are like the goddess Durga or Kali in India, and you are slaying the beast of injustice and ignorance and everything that is wrong in the world. Uh, for my men, you are, you can be a knight of the round table or you can be Archangel Michael or whatever, you know, whatever energy works for you to be that 
sacred warrior. My mother was really, really big into Highlander back in the 80s. So I, I always think at this point there can only be one. And it's you or the monster, but only one of you gets to survive moving forward. So I encourage you to choose yourself. And just with imaginary nuclear bombs, flamethrowers, machetes, fiery pits, volcanoes, shark tanks. One of my clients ran over her monster with a monster truck. How can you not love that? Just get it gone. Everything that does not, that you don't want clouding your existence, that is not acceptable in your life experience, you put that in your monster and you reject it in such a dramatic way that there are no little bloody bits that can reconstitute into a zombie money monster. And that's the first half. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. So folks get to work. Um, so let me ask you this piece though. You talk about victim, right? Get into your victimness. Now, some people are addicted to being a victim. Some people it's very pleasurable to actually stay there instead of then moving it over. And that's a really horrible, tragic, sticky place to be. And honestly, I do believe that there is a depth of depression where you don't even have the energy to want to feel better. Yeah. So that is actually, that is a call to get medical help. I, that is a call to get medical help. Uh, but in my experience, even at that depth, there are like windows that appear where you have that moment of desire and motivation to get out of that horrible place. It's, it, there's, it's almost like we deplete our resources of, of hope and our fuel tank is empty. But every now and then, we organically generate just enough to give us an opportunity to get out. So I do, do, do really uh, believe that there are times where medical assistance is is a great thing yeah. and not to be shunned or shamed. And depression victim experience, because you can wire yourself to stay there and it can feel safe and it can protect you. Yeah. It can be protective. So we want to say... Thank you, thank you, thank you for protecting. But there's enough of me that loves myself to protect myself, but also to want to feel better. So that victim experience, well, there's one other thing. I'm sorry, I keep jumping back and forth, but important things keep popping in. We also have to recognize that it has a payoff. So what are the payoffs? We, it may be our way of getting the attention that we have been deprived from other sources that we need. Everybody needs to be seen. Everybody needs to be important. Everybody needs to feel loved and cared for. And if you've been screaming, 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 I've had this experience and nobody has listened to you and it hasn't been heard, it's not going to go away until it's heard and acknowledged. I think the lion's share of my job as a coach and maybe 99.9% of my 
process and effectiveness is I am often the first person that anybody has had who said, oh my God, that's horrible. That shouldn't have happened. Oh my, that's awful. And really take it in. I don't even care whether it's historically true. I know it is experientially true for you and that matters more. When you, when that message is delivered, finally, then that victim experience doesn't really need to exist anymore because it has served its purpose. Yeah. It needs to be respected. Yeah. And I do so much think that it's important to, to hear all of what's out there, right? To, and you talk about that, creating the safety. Um, it has to all be welcomed in my belief is that we do have to welcome it in, hold space for it. Um, and that as we're going through this process is to not make ourselves bad. Right. I, for me, it's, I find everything very interesting. Isn't it interesting? I love to self-sabotage. Isn't it interesting that I never seem to hit my goals? Wow. I'm really curious about that. Um, and, and, and so in that place it can be safe and I'm not judging myself. So it allows more space to say, oh, maybe there's more. Maybe there's a different option. Well, funny you should say that. (laughs) Um, When I like hit my bottom, I think it was March 2003, and I had just taken another class. I had taken a class on overcoming sales objections where it gives you scripts on what to say when somebody says, oh, I can't afford it. I'd really love to. I don't have time. I don't remember any of those scripts, but I was such a good girl. I mastered it. Seven people in a row, I overcame their objections. And seven people in a row didn't show up for their first session or paid me. And that is when I lost that last drop of hope in my fuel tank. And I just, I was out. I just, out of hope, out of desire to live. I was so angry. I felt so betrayed by life and the universe. I finally had this thing that I was good at. I had these testimonials and success and people seemingly wanting to hire me and I could not make a living at it. seemed like the cruelest joke. And I just, I remember pulling the curtains in my itty bitty little bedroom, the blackout curtains, crypting out the room, getting on my bed, lying down, screaming and crying myself empty until I had these two thoughts. And the first one was, well, maybe my, maybe money needs to be my next area of spiritual growth which is a total cheat because I'm a Southern California girl and spirituality just comes so easy for us. But maybe if it was spiritual, I could be with it. And the second one was, I wonder what is going on inside of me that can't be with money. And it was that curiosity that led to everything changing. The next day I had my session with my coach, right? I'm not making money, but I still have a coach. And out of the blue, wherever it came from, he had that inspired impulse to say to me, Morgana, if your money was a person, who would your money be? And that was the moment that changed my life because in that moment I saw my money and he was this big, tall, scary, violent, terrifying biker dude. Nothing wrong with biker dudes, but this (laughs) one, this one was like, Oh my God, he will kill me. 
you know, the word scary, dirty, violent, caused fights. I, and it was like, I imagined myself at a live event with my eye on him every moment to create distance. And that was my big light bulb moment. That's what I'm doing with money. Who knew? But that's what I'm doing with money unconsciously. And I could tell the moment it was a person Mm -hmm. that there was no way on earth I could have money in my life if it was that guy. Right. And that guy had to be gone. And that created a new problem. I live in Los Angeles and I just got rid of my only relationship with money. And you kind of need it. And so for anybody who has ever (laughs) ended a relationship with another human being, bravo, because that skill just came in really handy. And you also know that if you've ever been in a really abusive relationship that ground you down, disappointed you, made you feel worthless, you are not in a hurry to jump into another relationship at all. So I had to think to myself, well, who could I want in my life so much that I could want this person, even if it's money, not because it's money, but this person would be so yummy and wonderful that I could overlook for a minute that it represents money. Mm-hmm. And I was, my overactive imagination was in top form that day because I instantly, as soon as I asked myself that question, I saw, and I'm really, I usually am not a good visualizer. Visualization, I hate guided visualizations because I can spend <laughs> the whole one deciding what the stream looks like. Right. But <laughs> this guy just popped up ready-made Tall, dark, handsome, clean cut, gorgeous young man in a tuxedo with a bouquet of red flowers. And here's the kicker. This guy loved me. Like I could feel he was in love with me. And Bob, that was weird. Because I never associated money with loving me especially given my history and my experience, but to have it, this person who clearly had been wanting to be with me for years and years and years and years. And I was breaking his heart and pushing him away. That was like, that was the experience was this guy was lovely and safe and sweet and kind and really wanted to be with me. Nothing like the last guy. And I'd been treating him like a monster and I could feel the heartbreak, which is really important because I'm not teaching anybody to imagine you've got this money, honey fairy, who's going to go out and throw gifts on your lap while you sit on the couch. You're the one in the relationship who has the power. You have the body. And I had such a sense of, wow, it's always been up to me. And I didn't know I had that power before. So I could feel how much he wanted to be with me. And I could feel that I was in the way. So I asked him, hey, what do you need from me so you can be with me? 
with the, with the understanding that he loved me and wanted to be. That is a given. Number one rule of money, honey, that's what I call this, is your money, honey, loves you and loves you more than anybody in the world. This is your relationship. So the love is a given. You don't have to earn that. That's there. But because you have a body and you have the power to keep him or her away, it's really useful that this person appears in your experience like a person because then you can have a conversation and you can get some really good intuitive information without all your insecurities and neuroses and am I good at it? None of that is your money, honey, just takes a look at you and goes, oh my God, Bob, you are the man of my dreams. You are so smart. You are so powerful. You're here for such big things and I'm not buying your bullshit. So I had that conversation. What do you need from me so you can be with me? And what he said surprised me. And by the way, I've had conversations with my money, honey, now, you know, for years, it's like a marriage. You don't just say, I love you. And Hey, you don't have to do anything again. No, you want to be in communication. Got to keep working it. Right, right. Exactly. So he said, I need you to love me and I need you to stop treating me like a monster. And it came from such a sweet, vulnerable place, which begs the question, the biblical passage, the love of money is the root of all evil. Right. Two things. Love is not evil. Love does not hurt others. Love does not exploit. Love does not victimize. Love is not based on scarcity. Love does not steal. Love is generous. Love is noble. Love is expansive. Love has this sort of joyous, selfless quality that brings out your best person. That's, that is love. That's the only love that I talk about. And on a side note, I have a girlfriend in the UK who took a class on ancient Aramaic, which is the original language of the Hebrew Bible, which is an oxymoron calling it the Hebrew Bible when it was the (laughs) Aramaic Bible. But the original translation actually said, worshiping money will cause trouble, Right, will cause problems. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) right. Absolutely. Yeah. So we can, we can, we can love. And the more loving you are, the more you prosper. Because how do you make your money, honey, happy who loves you? Well, let's start with self-love, self-respect integrity, that turns your money, honey, on. Just like nothing makes you happier than seeing the person you adore happy and full of his or her healthy self-confidence and self-love. It just, it lights us up. So because the words my money, honey said was, I want you to love me and stop treating me like a monster. I started to think, okay, well, what would that look like? And we made an agreement, a measurable action agreement, which is step number six, take conscious or take concrete measurable action that you can Mm -hmm. actually say, yep, check, did it. Like love myself, great to aspire to. I can do it in bits and spurts 24 seven for the rest of my life. Maybe not so much, but I can, I can say that I did this. And that's what we're looking for. The thing we can say we did. So what I came up with was next time my money, honey, gave me a gift, which would look like a potential client instead of going, ew, they asked me how much I charged Ah!" and freak out, repulsive energy, guilt, 
charging money to help people. Ooh, what a concept. Terrible. Um, so instead I, I agreed, okay, I'll say thank you. And what that looks like is this is my fee. And I say it with love. Like, isn't he beautiful? So the next day, and I kid you not, within 24 hours, four people had contacted me out of the blue. They had been on my mailing list for six months. They may have been following me for years, but they chose the very next day to reach out to me and say they wanted to hire me. In full transparency, I freaked out a little bit because I had trained my body to talk people out of out of the sale. And I was totally unconscious. I was doing it until that moment when I could feel the, you know, the, can I give you a sample session? Even though I'd already had a sample session with that person six months earlier. So I, I did something absolutely revolutionary for me. I really, truly hope that I am the worst person that I'm worse than everybody watching and listening is I said, this is my fee. And then I shut up most important skill in life is learning to shut up, which you can tell I'm not still, you know, struggling (laughs) with. And that silence on the other end is people are figuring out how to pay. It's, it's, you know, that scary silence is really, Oh, if I move money from this bank account or yeah, I've got it in that checking account or yeah. You know, it's a really positive thing. So I, the first time it was really uncomfortable, but they said yes. And they sent me the check. And the second time it was a little less uncomfortable. And, and I got to try it out four times. And by the fourth time I was semi-competent, but they all hired me and they just kept coming. And my prices just kept going up and up and up. And I've actually honestly made millions of dollars since then and am a real bona fide millionaire now starting as close to, if not the worst person on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there's an important message there for people out there that if you trust your worth, you don't have to apologize for it. And I love that, by the way, I love that. You need to make a meme of that. I also know that human beings tend to fluctuate on our self-worth moment to moment to moment. So what is a useful workaround for me is since I can't really trust my own notion of my worth, I can look at myself through my money honey's eyes or even easier is it's not to me my worth because everybody is priceless, but what is the value of the problem I solve of the transformation? How much, honestly, it's actually not even about me. It's like, how much do I believe in the person I'm speaking to? Because if I don't believe in them, they aren't my client and I want to send them to somebody else or another resource. But if I, if I'm like so excited, oh my God, you're amazing. I can see it all. Cause I am really, I, I'm, I, other story for another time, but car accident in 1983 and during the, the brain injury recovery process, my intuition really, really exploded. And I've had a very strong ability, tendency to see things before they happen. Mm -hmm. So when I see who that person is, and I see it all in front of me, I get so excited. Those are my clients. 
and I see how much they can make and I see what they're worth and I'm so excited about it. And then it's like really easy peasy to say, this is what it is. And then treat them like a grown up and let them make their own decision. And by the way, what I see for them is not attached to their current circumstances. Right. So people who are in dramatic circumstances, I, I cannot predict who's going to be a client based on their ease of hiring me. It's, it's never that. It's like the person who believes in themselves and also really, really just knows for themselves that I'm the right person for them. That's who becomes my client. It's not a value judgment. I really trust people know what is right for them and they don't need to be coerced or manipulated or tricked in into it. And I, and I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I just want to let people make their decision. And honestly, that's really all it takes if you're the right person for them. It'll happen organically. Those are the happy, the happy clients are people you didn't have to coerce. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And they're not as much hard work because you're both there willingly. (laughs) You're both there willingly. Yeah, there there are just way too many courses out there on how to trick people into into buying from you, and um, you know, I I I have opinions about that. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. Uh, we could talk a bit on that. <laughs> That's a form of scarcity, by the way. No matter how many millions of dollars you make earning yeah. that way, if you, it's still it's still scarcity. It's still scarcity, and that is a strong mindset out there. So. Some work to be done. But we're at a fast five, so we're going to shift the energy just slightly. I'm going to ask you some questions and uh, um, just top of the mind answers. Um, and obviously, no right or wrong. We're just we're just checking it out. Would okay. you rather throw away love or money? Uh, what's the difference? Great. And honestly, <laughs> I always choose love, which is why I had to make money a cute guy worthy of my love. Yeah, absolutely. I think if there's love, money, money, money goes hand in hand. If you won the lottery, would you tell people or keep it a secret? Ooh, that's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it comes with responsibility, right? All of a, because you have to then set boundaries or you have to, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, um, yeah. there's actually a whole school of psychology on sudden wealth of how people who win the oh, lottery yeah. who haven't like who didn't have the chance to earn it and get ready for it, get really depressed, very high incidence of suicide. Uh, I, I really, it's not that I would want to hide it. You Uh, just want to prepare for it. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. No, interesting. What's the strangest thing you've ever purchased? A trip to the Republic of Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan. And Which was, was amazing. It worth it? Oh, oh yes. awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> okay. Do you believe in the adage, it's better to give than receive? Well, no. <laughs> I believe that it's easier to give than receive. Yeah. Yeah. But energetically, there has to be a balance. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. What does your budget reveal about your values? Mm. That... My home and dance and travel are really important to me. Awesome. Awesome. 
being in the body and being of the world. <laughs> That's your two really important things. Well, we, um, we have our body for such a short period of time. Yeah. So, you know, make the most of it. Make the most of it. So we're at our M&M moment, our sweet spot, our money and motivation. Can you give the listeners a practical tip or a piece of wealth wisdom, something that you've found helpful along the way that they can take with them either as an action item or just, I could do that. Oh yeah. I've got something easy, easy, easy peasy. Like none of that scary, heavy money monster stuff, which is totally worth it. But if, but not every day. So what I do as a daily practice that I really, really recommend is preemptive gratitude. Like Mm. We are so accustomed and there's a lot of evolutionary reason for why we prepare and expect for the worst and almost rehearse for the worst. And then we're not really prepared when good things happen. So I like to make a gratitude list of all the wonderful things that are going to happen. And it's sort of like lubricating the gears of the universe for Mm -hmm. helping those things come to pass. So just start writing your, your gratitude for all the fabulous things that are coming and do that daily. It's a really nice energy shift. It's fun. And it's also really fun to check it off as you see it happen. That's awesome. And I, I, I don't think we can ever, uh, express too much gratitude, um, whether it's already come or whether it's coming. So, uh, definitely love that exercise. Well, you know, one of the things I just, I, you know, as we're coming to the end, I, what I've really heard a lot about is safety, um, and holding a space for welcoming in everything so that we can fight the monster and overcome. And I really appreciate the piece. And even though it wasn't like specifically said, um, that we have to be proactive, um, that we don't just sit on the couch and wait for the gifts to be coming to us. And I know there are some people believe, oh, you know, if you think it, it will come. And there is something to that, but we have to show up. We have to actually put in the work. It is a relationship. And yeah, we just have to keep doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes things just happen. I'm like really good at manifesting through whining. This has happened multiple <laughs> times. Oh, she's being interviewed on TV, but I want that. And the next day I get a call. Can you be in San Francisco tomorrow morning um, to, to be on the morning TV show? And it's like, you bet. So, you know, sure, that kind of stuff happens. But I find, because, especially with the whole process that I gave and the six steps, and, and I will send you to resources so that you can dive in more deeply and you don't have to master it or memorize it right here, right now. But if you want tangible, concrete, real world results, taking physical action trains you, lets you know that the relationship has changed. It's no longer the scary monster that you need to push away. And it's now this wonderful life partner who adores you, shares your values, is on your team, wants to save the world with you that you don't need to protect yourself from. But all of that is kind of heady emotional stuff. Now you just want to like say, Hey money, honey, what do you want me to do today? And just, and do it because you're also demonstrating to yourself that you keep your word, that you're trustworthy, that you are worthy and that this is a different relationship. And that creates different results because you show up differently. Absolutely. I always like to say, don't wait for your ship to come in, go out and build your ship and go out and see the world. Um, it's out there. 
proactive. You have a free love money love assessment um, that we'll put in the the, the notes. But uh, tell us about your money love assessment. Uh, it's useful to see where you are. Like to go on a journey, you need to find yourself on the map first. And also, it's silly for me to say to everybody, start here when I don't know where you are. Right. So we're all on the same journey. I believe that the whole journey is the financial freedom to focus our lives entirely on great love, great lifestyle, and great legacy. And we are all on that journey, no matter where we are. So the my money love quiz at doesmoneyloveyou.com is just a really quick, easy, non-traumatic self-assessment to see where you are, see how all the pieces fit together. And it lets me know what to suggest for you next. And I always, always, always start with something for free. Uh, this is This is where I would recommend your next step be and and see how that works for you and i have a, a different response for you know different ways your responses show up so that it is appropriate to you yeah absolutely i think that is so important assessing where we are um and i also use the map analogy a lot um right so if we're all trying to get from la to new york um are we going to take a plane are we going to take a pony are we going to walk <laughs> Are we going to drive? And then what are the things we need along the way? Um, and if we're trying to get New York and we're over in New Jersey, we probably don't need to do as much work as the person coming from L.A. Yeah. So it is so important to know where am I with all this stuff so that I can move forward in a way that's efficient and going to serve me. Um, so I love I love all that. And so I hope people go and take that quiz and get an assessment and figure out where they are so they well, can keep moving forward. And we all love quizzes and finding, you know, finding out where we are. They're fun. And what's great about this one is it's free. So when you get to the answer at the end, it doesn't say you can't have the answer until you subscribe and pay $9.99. You get no. to just do, you just get to do the quiz. Well, I do need your email address to send you your Absolutely. results. Uh, absolutely. And, well, that's and reasonable. you can opt out if you want to, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So do it, people. Do it. Where can people find you online? Ah, best place is my website. It's the mothership, MorganaRay.com. Really easy. Just look at my name and add a .com at the bottom. And just tons of resources, videos, articles, wherever you are stuck in the process. Lots of easy peasy resources for you there, free or for fee. Uh, but honestly, I believe that transformation should be available to everyone. So I try to make something available to you wherever you are in your journey, MorganaRay.com. And you have a book. Yes, that... I do. There we go. This Let's is see my it. baby. It Beautiful. is a hybrid of the first half is book and the second half is, is doing. It is a self-coaching system. I created, honestly, I created the book that I wanted and needed so that it wouldn't be, you just read it, put it on a shelf and forget about it and have fond memories. I wanted something that I opened every day so I would get results. And after just, I kept exceeding my goals year after year, I started publishing it at my original publishing house, Office Max. And then, then that became ridiculous. So I, I launched it 
like a grown up and it went to number one mover shaker, all categories in the United States and a bunch of countries worldwide. And people keep buying it and go to Amazon and take a look at all the reviews. And ooh, here's the secret part. Here's the secret part. So there's a bonus audio class inside because there's a quality to voice that doesn't really come across in, in text. But if you go to my website and you enter your receipt number, there's a whole extra top secret bonus, which is a two and a half hour Q and A call that I did to answer the questions that come up when you're actually dealing with the reality of slaying your money monster and creating your money, honey, and having a lifelong relationship with your money, honey. So be sure to go to my website and get the extra. That's awesome. So take advantage of that because a lot of times people don't and you have more. Oh yeah. One more thing. <laughs> the reason, the reason I, I sell this book and you know, people on video will see me holding it up by my face as if it's a box of cereal uh, is because I know that I can't coach everybody, but I want everybody to have a breakthrough. And some of my best clients came out of the book. My client, Pam, had her first quarter of a million dollar month in sales doing the book before we ever met or spoke. So that's awesome. There, that is the power of like you were just saying a few minutes ago of doing. Doing is empowering. It's a lot better than it's a way better than waiting. Life is amazing when you show up. Yes. Well, I so appreciate it. And I want to say to our listeners, please don't forget to share the love, like, follow, and share on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. Follow this podcast on your favorite podcast player or visit Spotify and search for Money You Should Ask or click on the link in the description. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. For more tips, tools, or to learn how to have a healthy relationship with money, visit themoneynerve.com. That's nerve, not nerd. Uh, Morgana, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for bringing your experience and your wisdom uh, to our listeners. And I hope that everybody out there has taken something away and had a shift for the better. Thank you. Me too. 